Are you a woman who has struggled with the secret shame that goes with viewing pornography and other sexual sin? Are you tired of fighting the same battle and making the same promises to the Lord only to continue to find yourself committing the same sexual sins over and over? My name is Kim and I have good news for you. No matter how long you've struggled, there is hope for you. You can be free to experience the abundant life Jesus came to give you. I struggled in the darkness of sexual addiction for 23 years and now walk in freedom. I wrote 40 Days of Purity for Women with you in mind. If you are ready to take a step of faith, this course, I believe, could be your catapult to the purity your heart longs for. To register for the 40 Days of Purity for Women course, go to purelifeacademy.org and click on the Women link. That's purelifeacademy.org. Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and uh, we actually have a special guest on the line with us. We have Kim Johnson with Divine Identity Ministries. And so, Kim, welcome to the program today. Thank you, Jonathan. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I really think it's going to be a fun conversation if we can use that word in the context of what we do in ministry. You know, we're talking about dealing with sexual brokenness and pornography, and there's always so much pain and trauma and difficulty. But I also think when we get to have conversations where we get to highlight the grace and goodness of God and what he's brought into that brokenness, um, I do think there's a sense of, man, that really energizes some hope. It brings, so I, I, when I say I think it's going to be a fun conversation, I think it's going to be that because I have a full expectation that what you're going to bring to our listeners today is going to really breathe a lot of hope into a lot of women's lives who may be able to resonate a little bit with your story. Uh, but before we get into that, because I do want our listeners to get to know you and hear your story and some things that, that you've been through and, and where you're at now in ministry. Uh, but listeners, we would really appreciate it if you would be willing to, uh, you know, after you listen to this program, if you would rate and review the podcast, because what that does is it really allows people to um, uh, see and notice the podcast and a lot of our distributors. So it's very simple. Just go to our website at puresexradio.com and down at the bottom um, where you see the available on iTunes, just go ahead and click on that and you can rate us there. But Kim, I, I would love for our listeners to get to know you because you've, uh, you come with a story, right? Which I think everybody does. We've all got a story, but I would love for our listeners to hear your story because um, I think there's going to be a lot of women who, who will just need to hear another woman speak of sexual brokenness in candid terms and be able to say, Yes, it's real for women too to struggle in these areas of sexual brokenness. So can you just share with us your story and then we'll get a little bit into some stuff you've been doing and, and even things that we've been partnering on in ministry. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, um, I, I guess I want to start kind of, uh, you know, very early in my life. Um, I really was uh, very much a, a daddy's girl. Um, my mom was uh, very, very abusive. And um, my dad really was kind of only my my safe place um, in in life when I was when I was very young, and uh, I had a little sister. And kind of what what had happened was um, I became kind of daddy's girl, and my sister became kind of a mama's girl. So there was 
Um, you know, there, there was, there was love in my family, but there was kind of this very clear divide. It was me and dad and it was Angela, which is my sister's name and, and my mom. Okay. Um, and you know, like I said, there was some abuse there and a lot of fear, um, of my mother. And so I, I just, even more, I would say, you know, than an average child, I just really, really connected with, with my father. And when I was 11, um, my father actually died of heart disease. Mm. And I was left just feeling uh, very, very alone, um, very confused, and just wrestled with a, a lot of abandonment. And so what ended up happening was the abuse that I had already suffered um, was only magnified because, you know, my, my father was, was no longer there. And so you know, to me, I, I felt like it was my mom and my sister, and then now just just me by my by myself. Right? Um, shortly after that, I also uh, was sexually abused um, by my grandfather, and um, you know the the enemy really he really is a, a roaring lion waiting to devour, like the scripture says. And with my severe abandonment issues and the way I was just set up with such loneliness. At that young age, um, the enemy really, I feel, saw an opportunity. And shortly after my dad's death, I came across um, this. This was back in the day uh, when, you know, the internet had not been invented yet, and this was during the time when people would hide playboys under their mattresses. <laughs> so, I came across a, a hidden stash of pornography under my uh, uncle's mattress uh, when I was about 11 uh, or 12 years old. Shortly after my dad died. And that very quickly, um, not, not everyone will understand this, but those who have struggled uh, sexually or addictively will understand what I mean when I say all of a sudden that type of sexual activity and the pornography, it became my safe place. Mm -hmm. um, my dad was my safe place, but I was just desperate now for a, a refuge, a place to hide. And the enemy just really used that opportunity. So. Um, I would try to glimpse pornography whenever I could. Um, I became uh, very involved in masturbation as well. Um, I experimented uh, sexually with, with some of my neighbors. But um, to be very honest, most of my acting out really um, was with the pornography and with the masturbation. Okay? Um, fast forward, I guess, till the age of uh, 20. And that is when I really entered into a saving relationship with the Lord. And uh, I made a vow to the Lord that if he saved me, I would never act out again uh, sexually. And um, I was able to keep that vow for three days. Yeah. <laughs> and, and um, you know, instead of feeling good about the three days of victory I had, I, I just really... Uh, felt very hopeless and I mm. uh, really beat myself up, but I, I still really strove to follow the Lord. Um, and I ended up, uh, I grew up in Minnesota and I ended up uh, feeling the Lord leading me to Houston, Texas uh, to attend a small uh, Bible college here. Um, I say here because I, uh, all these years later, I still live in Houston. And uh, so I, I went to Bible college, still secretly struggling um, with this, this type of uh, sexual sin. And uh, as you know, as most people who are listening to this podcast know, sexual sin is, 
it's a very secretive, very shameful sin. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly not taking away from, you know, a, a man's shame, but I think that as a woman, there's a, there's a deeper shame to it because you, you feel like, you know, for a guy to have this problem, I don't want to say that it's expected, but it's, it's not necessarily a surprise to people because it's, it's discussed. Okay. And so I felt very alone in it. Um, I, I just continued the acting out. I ended up graduating college and uh, I saw several of my friends around me were getting married. You know, I, I came to Bible college and um, <laughs> most women who go to Bible college, they have this thought of, I'm going to graduate and I'm going to marry a preacher. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that happened for some of my friends that didn't happen for me. I was alone. And I think my abandonment just really kicked in um, to a new level. Now, now, mind you, this whole time I was a recent Bible college graduate. I was serving in ministry, but I had this, this secret um, double life. And it wasn't necessarily, I'm not excusing my sin, but I don't feel like I was a hypocrite because I really, really loved the Lord. I was just a person that was very broken who did not know how to bring this area of brokenness to Jesus. I did mm -hmm. not know how to apply my Christianity to this area of brokenness. So um, I think that, you know, seeing uh, all of my friends kind of end up with what I thought I would end up with brought my addiction to a new level. And I actually began um, acting out um, anonymously, uh, I guess I should say I began acting out with anonymous partners, um, you know, just different men that I would meet. Um, many times I didn't even know their name. Um, and this went on back and forth, you know, including the struggle with the masturbation and the pornography for probably about the next eight years. Okay. I would have maybe a year of victory um, and, and then I would slip. And, you know, during this time, I probably, might've been with about two dozen men, uh, anonymously. And, uh, also during this time, I actually was, uh, seeking help. I reached out to uh, my pastor. I went to a Christian counselor and it seemed like I would have a little bit of victory, but I just, um, I just wasn't able to maintain, uh, you know, a, a steady, a steady victory really beyond nine months to a year. I think the most that I had gone with victory, um, and that includes no masturbation, was about eight or nine months. And so um, this continued, like I said, for several years. And I, I finally got to a place um, that I would say I really, really hit rock bottom. And I, uh, I, I do want to back up here and I want to say the counselor that I was working with, um, she was wonderful at the time, but she would tell me, that she didn't want me to share what I was struggling with with anyone else mm. because it was, it was such a shameful thing. And she said, you know, people won't know how to respond. And so I, I, I really didn't. Um, I shared it with my pastor. I shared it with her, but I, I didn't involve anyone else. And so um, when I hit rock bottom, I, I just became very desperate and I felt that the Lord was telling me to open up to uh, a lady from my church. And so I did. And it was so beautiful, Jonathan, to see what the Lord did, because neither one of us really had any idea what to do. Um, at the time, we were both a couple of young women. I, I would say we were either in our late 20s or early 30s. And I just was very open with her. 
And she immediately began holding me accountable. Um, she immediately had me come over and spend the weekends with her. And we really both began to seek God because we, we didn't really know what to do. And so the Lord led me to um, a, a couple of books. And one of those books um, at that time was a book by a gentleman named uh, Russell Willingham um, mm -hmm. called Breaking Free, uh, Understanding Sexual Addiction and the Healing Power of Jesus. And I read that book and I was so amazed at the grace of God, first of all, because many of the things that he was recommending in the book, my accountability partner and I were, were already doing mm -hmm. um, instinctively. And I say instinctively, but I know the, the Lord was leading us and, and he was showing us, even though we had no idea. And in my mind, I just thought, you know what? I want to find a counselor that understands sexual addiction and um, is familiar with, with this book. And so uh, I, I really sought out a counselor. And finally, I just thought, oh, well, let me see if, you know, this guy that wrote this book is a counselor. And um, that was in September of 2005. And uh, I reached out to that ministry. And uh, September 15th of 2005 was the day that I did that. And September 15th, 2005 also is what I consider my sobriety date. Mm. And, and so I really, um, I didn't understand everything that was ahead of me as far as the, the pain on my journey. But I remember my, my second session with Russell and at the end of the session, he said, you know, my, my heart is really, really heavy for you right now. And there was something in his voice that said, you have no idea the difficult journey that is, <laughs> that is ahead of you. And, and he was correct, but I, I have to tell you that that journey was absolutely uh, life-changing. God brought person after person after person into my life. Um, you know, shortly after I started working with Russell, um, I had a new pastor at this time, and the Lord led me to uh, open up to him, and he began walking with me. And then, um, you know, other ladies from my church, I, the Lord would deal with me to open up with them. And every time I connected with someone, it was like another layer of the fear of abandonment. It's, it's like there were bricks filling in that, that hole in my heart because mm -hmm. I have found that for me, um, the sexual addiction really has not been about a sexual issue. It was about intimacy issues. And because I was so afraid of being intimate with people, I, I had to have some type of false intimacy. Mm -hmm. And so the accountability for me, the Lord really used it um, to bring to bring healing to my to my heart. And um, you know, I really found that it was in relationships that I was broken, and it also was in risking uh, relationships that that I was healed. And so, you know, the, the journey um, was difficult, but, you know, looking back, I, I really can say that I hardly recognize that person that walked through that healing. Um, yeah. God has just done uh, such, such an amazing work. And, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting a little emotional, but okay. I, you know, I can remember, um, year at, uh, at one year that I wrote on the top of my calendar, you know, on January 1st, no more acting out this year. And, and a thousand times I would make little promises like that. And, 
you know, I, I felt hopeless very often, but God never gave up on me. I was bound for 23 years um, to my sexual acting out. And, you know, now I can look back and say that, you know, in September of uh, this year, I will, September of 2020, it will be 15 years um, since I have acted out sexually. And mm. God, God is just so, so good. And he has spoken hope into my life. And there, there's a wonderful scripture in Isaiah that says, I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. And I, I had to walk through some darkness. I had to walk through some secret places with the Lord, but I have treasures and riches um, that I have found from sitting at his feet, you know, through this recovery process that I, I would not trade for, for anything. Yeah. So there's uh, first of all, thank you for sharing that story. Cause I mean, there's so much there um, that I think there's going to be a lot of women that can resonate with because there's, so. there's a lot of uh, there's, there's so much pain, especially in relationship to men right? I mean, all along your journey, there were all these moments in which there was either, you know, the, the trauma of abandonment, not by any act of anything sinful, but just your father dying. Right. That's something that it's like, how does an 11 year old little girl process that? I mean, you can't, that's a traumatic, deeply traumatic experience followed up by another trauma with another man, your grandfather. And then, and then, and then getting introduced to pornography, which is a trauma of its own. So, so talk a little bit through um, what did some of this look like for you, especially in healing from those early wounds related to abandonment, abuse, pornography. Like when you finally got into what we might call like real recovery, you know what I mean? you're right. There's a painful journey ahead that a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people, even when they get to that point, like you were saying, rock bottom, right? Mm -hmm. I think where we get to that point of exhaustion, we realize, listen, the weight of my sin is more than I can carry anymore. I just, I don't want it anymore. That's like a good stage. But I think right. so many of us, we don't recognize that the steps that come after that are not uh, easy or comfortable or quick. So can you, can you tell us a little bit of what specifically like the healing looked like in kind of looking back on your childhood and realizing that there were points at which you needed to forgive, points at which you needed to grieve? Um, what did that look like for you in recovery? Yeah, absolutely. Do, do you mind if I um, do share one brief aspect of the story that I, that I forgot to share? No, go ahead. Yeah. Your question? Um, one, one thing I, I wanted to share... Um, that I have found very common with women is I, I literally, Jonathan, and this is so funny how the, the devil messes with us, thought that I might be the only woman alive struggling with this. Mm. And I thought that uh, Russell as a man would be scared to talk to such a sinful, lustful woman like me. And when I called to make the appointment, I said, I need you to understand. I, I said to the, the gal there that was taking appointments, I need you to understand I'm not calling about my boyfriend. I'm not calling about my husband because he has a problem. I am calling about myself. I have a problem. And, you know, she was like, okay. <laughs> and I thought, well, she surely doesn't understand what I'm saying or she wouldn't be so casual about this, you know? So I just said, no, does he have a problem talking to a woman who has this problem? And, and she said to me, well, he, ta he talks to a lot of women. And I thought, well, not women that have problems, you know, but 
Um, so as I entered into it, I realized I, I was not alone in it. And just that was such a big thing to overcome the, the shame with that. I guess I just wanted to share that just to kind mm -hmm. of emphasize the, the shame aspect. But um, as far as my healing, um, yeah, I, I really, the, the Lord really showed me that it was not necessarily about blaming someone um, for my past, but looking back and identifying the lies that um, I had believed as a result of my abuses and my abandonment and inviting the Lord into those lies to uh, reveal the truth. And, and the way that I describe it sometimes is it, it's, it's really a scary thing to look at these lies because it's like all of your life, someone has told you two plus two equals five and you just kind of have accepted it. And now someone is coming along telling you, no, two plus two is four. And you realize that there really is truth to what they're saying, but you have to totally undo your whole belief set, your mm -hmm. whole belief system to come to the conclusion. Yeah, th this is absolutely right. And, you know, um, it, it's very interesting because I think that sometimes what the church calls, you know, forgetting the past, um, leaving those things which are behind, as Paul said, um, what the church calls leaving those things that are behind uh, is, is really just burying our emotions and yeah. burying the past. And in order to forget those things that are behind, we actually have to look at them because carrying them with us every day is not forgetting about them. It's ignoring them and dragging them along with us. And, you know, if there's, if there's something uh, that we bury that is alive, uh, it, it, without fail is, is going to suffocate. The exception to that is our emotions. Mm -hmm. Our emotions, they stay alive and they try to claw their way out um, if, if we don't deal with them. So it's kind of like when you were saying, this is one of the telltale signs for me when I realize a person, when I, when I can hear that a person has, has truly engaged what I would call real recovery for a good period of time is when they say something like you said before, where you said, you know, some, sometimes it's sort of hard to recognize the former me. Like yeah. there's a paradigm shift that happens on such a foundational level that it's not merely like behavior modification or let's, you know, put a bandaid on, you know, a gaping wound. It's like, no, something of a, like plates of the foundation of your earth moved, you know what I mean? Yes. And and that to me is is what you're talking about on that emotional level. I think one of the things that's so important is if we're really going to heal from those traumas and those abuses, it is going to take us through dark places and it's going to take us into some of those, like you said, secret places with the Lord that most of us, we, we build these safe little walls around. And that's why we then get into our coping mechanisms of whatever it may be. I'm just going to look at porn and try to soothe the pain, medicate it, whatever. But until we break through those barriers and say, okay, Lord, apparently you've told me that you're waiting for me in that secret place, in that difficult place, but I don't want to go there. But until we go there, it's like we don't recognize that he has this deeper healing that he wants to bring to our lives that's, that passes through those memories and through those old pains, not something that just like you said, just stuff in the past, forget about it, and yet you're still just carrying it all along in your, in your being. But I want to ask you, I want to ask you this. So obviously somewhere along the way, 
there was a transition also then into ministry. Now you're, you are helping other women and other people who are dealing with sexual addictions. What did that transition look like? How did you get into ministry? And tell us a little bit about what you're doing now in, in helping other women in the same situation. Absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, probably a couple of years into my recovery journey, I, I would say, um, you know, long, long before I was done with it, I really felt the Lord speak to me and just say that I was not going to have the luxury of, of being silent. Okay? I, I think that that was probably born. Um, the Lord used my frustration in not really hearing a lot of people talk about this struggle to kind of give me a burden to be open about, about my struggle. And so it was birthed, you know, kind of um, during my recovery. And I, um, the, the ministry that helped me, uh, Fresno New Creation Ministries, I did phone counseling. Um, after I had been working with them for several years, they actually invited me to come out and speak at their annual fundraiser. And so a friend and I drove out there. And as I was driving back to Houston, uh, I really felt the Lord speak to me that he wanted me to start a, a similar ministry in, in the Houston area. So uh, shortly after that, I, um, you know, I know that this is not, you know, the, the path that everyone takes, but I felt the Lord kind of leading me to uh, get my master's in counseling. And uh, so part of that was uh, doing an internship. I actually got to do uh, a four month internship uh, at the same ministry that, that helped me heal. And so I kind of uh, sat in on sessions there for a few months and uh, I, I came back to Houston in, I think, January of 2014. Um, really, uh, honestly, Jonathan, having not a lot of idea how this was going to unfold or how it was going to look. Um, but before I left, uh, my pastor had me get up and share with the church kind of what I was doing because he, he wanted to take up an offering for me. And so I shared my testimony at that time. And when I got back, um, Shortly after I got back, I would say within a week or two, a young man, um, because part of, part of my story uh, also is wrestling with the same-sex attraction. So uh, a young man from my church came up to me and he told me that he had been waiting for me to, uh, to get back uh, because he heard my testimony and he wanted to talk to me. And uh, he ended up kind of being my first client. And, you know, just since then, uh, the Lord has uh, brought me um, a lot of counseling clients. And I also... Uh, do some some writing. Um, I share my testimony, and so that's that's kind of what what that looks like now. And you also help build online courses uh, at at the Pure Life Academy. So our our online training platform. You know, okay. for years we've been we've been our history really started by serving men uh, men who were sexually addicted or addicted to pornography and things like that. And so many many years ago, uh, Stephen Cervantes and I we we co-produced this Forty Days of Purity you know, journey to help guys kind of establish, like we're talking about that paradigm shift, right? How do you establish not just a quote unquote new habits or just new behaviors, but how do you establish new thinking, new beliefs? So like you said, going from this idea that two plus two equals five to now realizing, no, it equals four, you know, how do you create that shift? And so this was one little thing that we had developed to help men on a 40 day journey to be able to really kind of unpack in a devotional format and a way to try to journal and think through what is required to actually make this shift? And so we've had that for a long time. And then when we, uh, several years ago, when we launched our online training platform, Pure Life Academy, that was one of our flagship courses that we had was the 40 Days of Purity 
course for men. Um, and then we realized, but God is opening doors for us to serve women, to serve families. Um, and it was so neat when, when you were invited into this process to say, listen, we don't need to produce something that you would know how to do far better than us because you've lived it. <laughs> you've lived the journey that a woman has to go through in order to break free from these types of sexual strongholds. So can you share with our listeners, the women out there that may be struggling with porn, they might be struggling with any other kind of unwanted sexual behavior, just uh, what you've done in compiling and building this 40 days of purity course for women. Absolutely. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I really tried to kind of put myself back to where I was 15 years ago. And uh, I, I really tried to speak a lot uh, to kind of the shame of the struggle and to speak a, as much hope uh, as, I, as I could to women because it's, it's just such a, a tough, shameful journey. And it takes so much faith to not only try, but you know, for those of us who have struggled sexually, and I'm, I'm sure you can relate to this, Jonathan, it, every time it feels like, okay, am I going to try again? Mm-hmm. And to kind of to kind of speak to that, and also, forty days is you know it's not a lifetime, but I think that many people you know they'll try for a week or a couple of weeks, and then they find out that you know that they that they failed, so they think that they're a failure. And I think that uh, you, you guys were very smart in you know wanting the the forty day course because it, it's a good time to establish some 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 good habits and some good guidelines and this course is not you know intended to be the the end all of recovery but i think it's an excellent foundation um i actually had one of my clients who i've been working with for about three years who's a lady um she told me this week that you know that that she signed up for the course and that there's some really good reminders in there and so um i think that hopefully ladies will not only find um, the, the hope that they need, but also some camaraderie and, you know, not feel so alone in the battle by hearing that somebody else was able to, to kind of go through that. Yeah. And so for any of you ladies out there that would like to learn more about the course or even enroll in the course, if you go to purelifeacademy.org, that's our Pure Life Academy online training platform, and click on the women link, uh, button right at the top, then the course is, is listed among the courses for women. Uh, and, and what's cool about that, uh, Kim, is, you know, obviously there's lots of great resources in there. There's some, you know, there's some podcasts and there's some videos and there's some things like that. But then also there's even the opportunity along the way for them to schedule a consultation with you and then, um, and then hopefully even be able to get some counseling from you if that's something that they would like. Um, but we've only got a couple minutes left. Um, tell our, tell our listeners about your ministry and how they can get more information about you and just what you're doing in your counseling. Absolutely. Uh, my website is, uh, divine ID, uh, org, And the idea is short for identity. Um, I just really feel like I have a calling to help people walk in their, their true given identity. Uh, they're truly given identity from God, I should say. So that is a D-I-V-I-N-E-I-D dot org. And yeah. there's several different links in there. I have um, a lot of resources, a blog. Uh, there's a contact page. So I think they should be able to find what they're looking for there. And, and also, even if they're not interested in counseling, I think there's, there's a lot of good, uh, good resources there that hopefully can help. 
Yeah. And before we wrap up, Kim, just as you're thinking about any woman out there that's listening, that just is feeling like she's either on the fence or she's also been in that, in that sort of spiral of two steps forward, three steps back and feeling that, that hopelessness that you felt many times along your journey, just what sort of last sort of word of encouragement would you want to give to a woman who's just feeling it's so difficult to think, do I really want to try again only just to keep failing? Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, is that we are going to hurt in life, right? <laughs> whether we are trying to break free, minute, free from an addiction or whether we are active in an addiction and pain comes both ways. And mm. we get to choose whether our pain is fruitful or not fruitful. And to take steps toward recovery is a pain that is going to bear very, very good fruit. Um, you know, for, for those who have tried and tried again, or who are not sure, I don't say give Pure Life Academy a chance. I don't say give the 40 day course a chance. I say, give Jesus a chance. Mm-hmm. Now, you probably have already given him a chance, but take a, take another step of faith. Go ahead and try the course, not because you're giving the course a try, but because you are giving God another opportunity to walk in and to meet you in, in, in another way. Don't give up because the Lord has not given up on you. He, he loves you and he wants to give you the intimacy that your heart craves. Mm, yeah. Well, Kim, I just, I'm thankful for you and just uh, the courage that you've had to step out with your own story. Um, and I know that it's going to be a blessing to, to those who hear this program today. Uh, but thanks for being with us today and being willing to share your story and continuing to step into difficult places just for the sake of helping others to be able to come out of the dark and into the light. So thanks for being with us. Thank you, Jonathan. And listeners, uh, we're going to put the, this information about Kim's ministry, about the 40 Days of Purity for Women in the show notes. Uh, but we're glad you've been with us. And we're so grateful that you're listeners. And we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.